Welcome to Your Best Bets. It's a Wednesday fall evening as of this recording. It feels like fall is finally here in the lovely city of Fort Wayne. Um, Been talking about golf and football for a while, and we haven't talked about NBA in, uh, I guess, really since uh, I guess we did a finals preview and uh, in June and we've had a lot happen in the league since then. So we're going to talk about the 2022, 2023 season tonight. Uh, talk about some over-unders, some props, uh, MVP odds, um, and, and, and a new segment that, um, that these guys have been making fun of me about that I'm, I'm excited about. Uh, Johnny Strausers here, uh, frequent guest on the, the, the golf podcast, also been on for NBA as well. Pistons fan, uh, Johnny, how are we tonight? We're good. We're we're excited. Um, excited to talk about this season and and get it started here. You know, usually I'm a little hesitant because you know it start the sign of fall, cold weather. You know, golf clubs are going away. But you know what? Looking and doing research on this NBA stuff, I'm kind of excited to 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 talk about how the season's gonna you know, how, how it's going to get underway here. And, uh, um, I'm, I'm excited to watch some basketball coming up here. It's good to get, it's, it's really nice to have it back. It feels like October's low key, one of the best months of the year, I think with, uh, NFL and college football, still some fall golf and then uh, basketball starting up. I, I guess we could talk about like MLB playoffs as well. NHL starting, but, um, you know, not not nearly not as here. excited about those two things. Uh, Colin Quinlan is here. Uh, Colin's been a while. What's new? How are you? Yeah, you know, I think it's last time I was on. I think I was on that the finals preview. I think I can't exactly remember. I think it was around that time. But you know, it's October, one of my favorite times of the year. Love love the MLB playoffs. I know you guys aren't the biggest fans of baseball, but. I always no, seem to watch it. Johnny it's, is. No, no, no. no. He, yeah. big fan. Oh, you are. You are. Yeah. Well, I guess it's just Phil then. Just Phil. Missing out, I guess. But, you know, October, one of the best times of the year. We get all the sports kind of coming together all at once here. So it's it's pretty yeah. near in the, the middle, middle of the year during school here. October fall break coming up. So I'm excited for that and uh, ready for the NBA season to get started here. What, where does fall rank uh, for you guys in, in, in the seasons? Is it, is it top, bottom? Where, where do we lie, Johnny? You know, I am so glad you asked me this question, and I've just loved it. I think the idea of fall, the, the idea, the concept of it is fantastic. But being from Michigan and now living in Indiana, fall is, is kind of garbage because you get maybe, what, a week, week and a half when the leaves change and it's not rainy and windy, but fall concept is great, but the actual like nice weather days aren't, aren't that good. Um, I think where it's great is, you know, football's, you know, getting into full swing and NBA season. And we got college basketball that's going to be here in, in about, I think, six weeks or less, something like that. So, you know, you've got that. So I'm still and always going to be a summer guy, but fall, I would rank a distant second place. 
Although if, if we lived maybe in a different region where you actually had okay and not shit ass fall weather, I'd probably rank it close to first. Colin, you, is it close to the top for you? Fall is actually my favorite time of the year. I hate the heat, except if I'm by water. So I, I'm not a huge fan of the summer. I, I like the, you know, all the activities that go on during the summer. But as for the heat, I'm not a huge fan. I love the fall weather, like 60-degree days, 50-degree days, windy and sunny. Oh, it's my favorite type of weather. So can't really beat that. We do not get that all the time around here. We get, like Johnny said, a week or two of it at best. It's either we get the the 80 degree fall days or the 40 degree fall days. There's really no in between, unfortunately. But if yeah. it were consistent, I'd say fall is probably the best. But I'd say it's a 1A, 1B type of situation with summer. Yeah, we got daylight savings time coming up this weekend. That's that's a tough one when you it's going to be around six o'clock and then closing in in you know a month where it's five o'clock and it's dark so that's tough i do like getting up on a saturday morning you feel that crisp air you get a hoodie on you take a walk you can feel in the air like just the sense of college football that day there's there's something about that feeling that's uh very specific to fall um but uh yeah it's probably ranked second for me I, i i like summer the best um as well, but I do. I, I have been low key looking forward to the fall weather, nice 60, 65 degree days. A um, lot, lot you can do with, with that kind of weather. All right, gentlemen, NBA um, coming off of the Golden State Warriors winning uh, yet another title. Um, they're fourth in, their, in this run here since 2015. Um, I, I feel like a lot happened in the offseason. Um, uh, you know, my, my kid, he's almost 11. I think he enjoys the NBA offseason more than the actual season because there's so much stuff that happens with the draft and then free agency and just the, the constant drama from the day-to-day of this guy's unhappy, he's demanded to be traded, or there's rumors about this guy being traded. felt like a lot happened as far as trades or guys wanting to be moved and maybe they weren't moved. Um, Colin, what do you think was the biggest, I guess the off biggest off season move that actually happened? Ooh. Um, I'd say biggest move was maybe Mitchell. I'd say, I'd, I think the whole, unloading of the jazz was pretty interesting i don't know if we all saw that coming i know i i i kind of personally thought you did no i was just brian windhorse (laughs) 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 i i know me personally i kind of expected them to hold on to mitchell at the at the very least but i think that whole kind of unloading of the team was a little bit shocking to me so i think that was that was probably the biggest move in my eyes does it does that make the Cavaliers any closer to the top echelon of the East though? I don't really think so. I mean, he's obviously, he's a great player, but I don't really think that does much for them. Um, they'll be, they'll be still a contender, I think, but I don't think that's enough to push them over a top contender, say the Celtics or the Bucks. Kind of where I'm at, but what, we can get, dig into a little bit to the Cavs uh, later. Johnny, what what was your take on on the biggest offseason move? Was it the same, or you have something else? Well, I mean, the 
Yeah, the, the biggest one was was obviously Durant not being traded or rescinding the trade, which I'm sure we'll 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 discuss later. That was obviously the biggest one, but yeah, the the Jazz unloading everybody was was kind of interesting there. They I think what they did for, set themselves up with a long term was great. I mean that Gobert trade was just I mean, dynamite for, for the jazz, for the future, they're getting four first round picks from that. But um, the one that I'm thinking is going to be the, the most interesting one is Dante Murray to the, um, the Atlanta Hawks. Um, Murray was uh, definitely up a comer. We talked about him a year ago on this podcast as a, uh, um, I think most improved uh, player. He was going to be a guy that we were really, really big on. And he had a great season. I mean, he's a good player. I think that was a real interesting one because you put him in a backcourt with with Trey Young now uh, on a on an up and coming team, and I, I think it just didn't feel like they could jump up into that top three or four um, with that current roster as it was structured, even though it is a good roster. But you know, you've got Trey Young, who's a really really good offensive player, uh, very very small, and has a lot of defensive deficiencies. You can kind of take pressure off of him on offense with Murray being a, a plus point guard who can also score. And I think that trade there is just is just interesting because I think that way that roster is constructed when they start um, when they start to gel, which may take ten games, may take fifteen games, you know, something like that. I, I could see that uh, um, possibly giving them a run, you know, somewhere in that top four. Which I think you know, if you look at home court in the first round, I think that's when you're looking at where you want to be in the Eastern conference, I think that's kind of where they're at right now is one of those top contenders in that, I guess, in that high second tier. I think you like, it sounds like you like the Hawks probably a little bit more than I do. Um, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how that's all going to play out with Murray and, um, and Trey, um, if, if, if Trey is going to play a little bit more off the ball this year, but I do think, Murray is more, much more of a well-rounded player uh, with his defensive ability. So, I, again, I, I do appreciate the teams that are at least making a push that um, I, I like that the Cavs are, are, are making a play at it. Um, they have a really good roster, a good young roster. So I appreciate the teams that are really going for it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to the Boston Celtics. Um, I really like their acquisition of Malcolm Brogdon, and they did not give up really that much from yeah. a, fir- a first rounder and, and Aaron Neesmith. Uh, okay, sure. Um, uh, I'll talk about Brogdon a little bit later. I really like him for six man of the year. Um, but uh, I think what he is going to provide is, is a more of a consistent third scorer for the Celtics and just a little bit more stability at the, at the point guard position uh, considering Marcus smart was their point guard last year. And although he's a, a very good defensive player. There's just not, there's not a lot there on the offensive end. And he, he, sometimes he pops up and he makes six threes, but there's a lot of those times where he's got the O for seven um, line where, and you never know where his head's at. So I really, really love the Brogdon acquisition for that team. Um, I know they've, they've got some, they've had a bit of a controversial few weeks with their head coach and, and that situation, but I still love their roster. I still think they're going to be at least in the top two or three in the East this year. Um, Johnny, you mentioned uh, Durant um, staying. How 
I, I think I think Brooklyn is probably the ultimate. What do we what do we do with this team situation, right? Because we have Durant making his offseason demand, and then um, you know asking for the GM and and or the head coach to be fired. None of that happens. We have the Ben Simmons situation where he's coming back. We saw him airballing a shot in the playground today in a viral video. Uh, Kyrie, I mean, what's the over under on games played by him this year? But there's so much talent that. It wouldn't be a shocker if they won 57 games this year either, right? Yeah, it, I mean, it's just a matter of how much you're going to see these guys on, on the court. Um, you know, when they when they had James Harden there, um, you know, part of last season um, until he was traded, and then in the season prior, the the guys, the the big three, just were never on the court together, and that was just you just never knew what kind of potential that was. But they've got some shooters on that team. Um, you know, you've got Durant, and as long as Durant is somewhere near his his peak talent which he's not really you know he's not really gone down at all in ability here or at least shown that as of yet you've still got you know one of the best scorers of all time you know uh you know on the team there and uh i think i think if simmons was you know if he's of sound mind and and they could get him on the you know the same page of of playing hard and winning ball games, he's he's a perfect complement to, you know, Kyrie and to Durant. So there there is so much potential. And that's why you look at those odds, you know, their their numbers to win the championship are are, are really, really short because the you know the team is constructed fairly well that I mean they could get by with those, you know, with those role players um because they've got the right guys that are there. But it's just the question marks for me is 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 Durant going to be, you know, is he going to want to be there by the end of the season? What's going on with Kyrie? You know, they're they're talking about not re-signing him. So, you know, are they going to trade him? You know, what's Ben Simmons? What are you going to get from him? There's just so many, there's more questions that I've got about this team than, than they've got talent or we've got answers for at this point. So, you know, with, with the numbers, the win totals, with the MVP stuff, with the six-man stuff, um, and, and the, you know, the East champion, the NBA champion they're for me right now, I think every single bet that I see them on the board, I've got to wait. I can't place a future bet on, on them because we, we just don't know at this point. Right. Yeah. I, I and I mean, I, I don't think a lot is made of this, but Kevin Durant's 34 years old. Um, mm-hmm. he's had some major injuries now last year. He, when he was on the floor, he looked good. I uh, played he played like the normal Kevin Durant, but it gets to that point where you start to question, like, it, when are we going to start to see the downside? And uh, um, I feel like the Nets, though, are the epitome of of the this this league, quote unquote, um, just drama <laughs> of the league because there's so much with that team and with those those top three guys and um, so much talent, with so many question marks, uh, Colin. We haven't seen Kawhi Leonard play a basketball game in, I think, about a year and a half. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little surprised that the, the NBA title odds reflect that the Clippers are the third favorite behind the Bucks and the Celtics. What is your expectation for the Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George being as healthy as they've been since this thing started? I believe this is year four of this run, right? I think that's right. Yeah, I I know they've been good when they've been on the floor together. I know we haven't seen that in a while, but 
I think if they're both playing up to the capabilities that we've last seen them at, they're going to be a very good team. They added John Wall. Who knows how he's going to be? I know we haven't seen him play in a long time either. So I'm sure if like he can be anywhere years. near. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but. If he can, if he can be anywhere near Reggie Jackson, I'm sure they'll be just a just fine team. I think they definitely have the the capabilities to be a good one two punch up there with uh, Tatum and Brown. If in terms of duos, if they can come back um, as healthy as we've th- seen them before, so I don't necessarily necessarily think those odds are are crazy, but we definitely need to see how they're looking to uh, to uh, put those odds to the test. You mentioned earlier. Um, or maybe we mentioned this before we recorded the the, the Victor Wimbayana uh, sweepstakes. Um, I can't think there's been quite a prospect like him. Um, I mean, just his his unique size and ability and athleticism. Um, there's a lot of really bad teams this year. Johnny, who's going to be the worst team that's going to have the best odds to um, have the number one pick to pick him? I think in the summer. Well, I mean, they're they're gonna just be awful, and these teams, because this guy is, and they've said it. He's the he's the best prospect since LeBron James, and I would agree. I mean, I I've only seen highlights of of the two games that they've had on uh, uh, one of the ESPN channels, and he is he's unreal. I mean, just just watching them. I think you're going to look at. I think you're going to look at Utah. You're going to look at the 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 Pacers as, as two really bad teams. Maybe Orlando, but Orlando's starting to get those those younger guys in there, and I think they're going to start winning some games. But there's going to be some really bad teams, and they're going to try their hardest to be that bad. And I just, you know, I don't know Oklahoma City maybe. You mentioned uh, San Antonio because San Antonio. I don't even think they have an NBA player on their roster, do they? I mean, so you know, it, it's it's going to be this sweepstakes, and and they're going to give it their all because between him and the guy who who played the the game there um, on the other side, Scoot, Scoot, yeah, we'll Henderson, yeah. And, I mean, he he's he seems to have a lot of pro potential, so. You know, we're going to see some some tanking that we have uh, we have not seen in a long, long time, and I know they've tried to prevent that from these NBA teams. But but these these squads are are not gonna they're going to do what they, what they can to to get in position to give themselves a chance at the number one or number two pick, and and uh, so I think there's going to be a good uh, sweepstakes for them, and and it could be um, you know four or five teams that do that. Yeah, I, I mean, the top two prospects, I think there's a clear line between one and two. There's a clear line between two and three. Uh, unfortunately, n- neither for the college basketball game, neither neither of those guys are going to be playing in the, in the college game. That's kind of a it's kind of a tough scene for, for college basketball this year. But uh, uh, yeah, there's 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 a lot of really bad teams going through the overs unders uh, the last couple of days. Um, I, I can't get past how bad the Spurs roster is. Um, Kelton Johnson's their best player, Devin Vassell, I, Jacob Pertle. I mean, I, I guess Holy shit. would be their three best players. Um, the Jazz have a lot of dudes. They got they have a lot of dudes that just just want to score. They got the the Colin Sexton and um, those types that they got three or four of those that just 
pretty much going to try to score at will. Um, but uh, I don't know. Maybe from a league pass standpoint, that wouldn't be a bad team to go check out. Um, I want to I want to talk about our favorite over under on over unders on win totals. Um, uh, the assignment was was for each of us to give our three or four best plays that we like overs unders on on FanDuel. Um, of course, you know books might have a different number, but uh, we're using FanDuel for these purposes. Um, I I had quite a few I liked, and I had to really narrow it down. I don't know if you guys had the same situation. Um, Colin, give us your. Do you have any locks? Locks for for over or under? Spurs under twenty two and a half. I I think that I think they're going to be horrible. Like one of the lowest win totals we've seen in a while. I think they're going to be that bad, and especially with the guy like Victor out there. I I think this is a. Uh, I think it's a lock. I, I don't know how they're going to win more than eighteen games. They're really bad. Um, so I, I think that one's a lock, and I also like the Blazers under 39 and a half just because they won, I think 28 or 29 games last year, and they really didn't make any improvements to the roster. So I don't know how they're going to win 10 plus games from last year. So I, I, I like that one as well. I, I had the Spurs under written down. So I feel, I feel a little bit better that at least one of you had it. The Blazers. Um, interesting you know, team as far as, as I guess, do they have play in tournament potential, but then, but then you go through the teams in the West and you start, you kind of start knocking, knocking teams off the list right away. And, 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 you know, we we know that they're not better than at least seven or eight, and they're probably competing with teams like the Kings. (laughs) I hate to say it, but probably the Lakers um, (laughs) for like the nine, 10 spot. Um, Johnny, who was who was one of your locks? I, I did write down the Spurs. Actually, for the Spurs, I, I will say if I would love to be able to tease that win total down to like 13, like 13 and a half, and play that at like plus odds. I would, yeah. I would be all about that if that was something like that. Um, Utah Jazz under 23 and a half. I like that one a lot. Um, they're going to score points, but they're going to lose a lot of games, 130 to 120, you know, it's just crazy, crazy numbers because they're not going to play any defense, and that'll be kind of cool. But they're just going to get outscored because they can't stop anybody. Uh, the other one I like is um, I'm a big fan of is is it's a kind of a high number, but I, I still am feeling really good about it. Is the New Orleans Pelicans forty four and a half? I like the over on that, and and mm-hmm. I'll tell you why is and I'll talk about them later on here uh, during the podcast. But Zion Williamson. I'm sure you guys have seen pictures of him and, and, and how he looks and everything like that. Dude is in shape now. And, and, you know, hopefully he's, I know he had some issues with, uh, you know, with the possible, you know, mental health stuff about not feeling good, gaining weight and all that, you know, not playing, but he's healthy now, uh, cleared to play. And, you know, we were, I, I remember his rookie year when he was playing, you know, 20 minutes a game, you know, a little bit of the first quarter, a little bit of the third quarter, then the fourth quarter. And he was just, I mean, he, he's leaps and bounds more athletic and, and better than a lot of the guys out there. And I think finally, if we can see him for 60, 65, 70 games, um, he's going to be a big, uh, big part of that. And having CJ McCollum there, the, who they acquired, um, you know, I don't know if, 
you know, it's truly appreciated, but this team started out last year, three and 16 and ended up being the eight seed after winning the, the, the uh, second place of the play-in series or the, the play-in tournament and, and finishing the eight seed there. So, you know, if uh, Brandon Ingram can truly be that second option and play team basketball, which, you know, when he was scoring all those points pre Zion, you know, you and I, we were playing over his point total quite a bit because he he'd shoot it 30, 35 times a game. It seemed like, so he was just going to get his points there. But, uh, um, I, I'm going to give another shout out to fellow U of D class of 2003, Willie green, their head coach, um, for turning that team around, you know, going three and 16 to start and, and making them a playoff team. And I played them last year and lost that bet. So I'm all about them this year. I think, uh, 44 and a half. I think they're pretty safe to win um, somewhere in that 45 to, I don't know. I don't know if they win 50 games, but I think it'll be something close there. If, uh, if Zion can stay healthy. I really like that one. I really like that. I really like their, their roster. I mean, Brandon Ingram has become a really, really good player. Yeah. I, I like Herb Jones defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, Trey Murphy. I like that. Valanchunas, like he, and maybe in a playoff series, I don't love him, but the regular season, like dude puts up, puts up double, double machine. Yeah. I mean, it's not uncommon to see him have like 22 and 15 pretty regularly. Um, I like that team. I, I, I think they're a, at minimum a play in team. I mean, um, you know, I, I go through the West. I, I think of Golden State, Denver, the Clippers, the Mavericks, Phoenix, I guess the Timberwolves, Memphis. I, I think that's your top seven. So one of those teams is a play-in team. That's that's kind of crazy. And then your next echelon is probably not necessarily in order. The Lakers, the Pelicans, um, I guess Sacramento. Foreshadowing, I love Sacramento this year. Um, and, then, and then the Blazers. I, I mean, I think there's only a couple really deplorable teams in the West. Utah, OKC, San Antonio. Colin, does that sound about right? Yeah, that those bottom three teams are, are going to be really bad. But other than that, I think the other 11 or so teams should be pretty competitive, I'd say, 10 or 11 teams. So I don't think – I think those bottom three teams are going to be horrible, but the the rest of the teams should be able to play in for the play-in at least. Can I say I love the play-in? Like, I love it. This is the best thing the NBA has introduced in a while. I mean, I, I think it, it it creates so much more – intrigue and it 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 feels like those teams that were you know the last 20 games of the season season that were on the outside in the old system at least have something to play for if they get hot um they can get in you know the top 10 somewhere slated in the seven to ten seed and then you know make a case to to try to get somewhere in the playoffs i just i don't know i'm a big fan i don't know about you guys yeah i you know I wasn't sure. I was really skeptical because I'm like, I'm of the baseball mentality that you play all these games and only your your season long record should determine, you know, getting in the playoffs or not getting in the playoffs. But seeing how that went, I mean, yeah, you've, you know, you, you catch a little fire, you know, you go, you play good, you know, maybe you're the 10th seed, but you're, you know, you got a chance. You just got to win a couple ball games there. And, and, you know, you can, uh, 
you could still kind of prolong the interest into the season, uh, you know, not only for the fans, but for the players as well. And it definitely added to some intrigue there because usually most of the first round series are, aren't very good. And then the end of the NBA season is pretty much hot garbage because most of those guys are just, you know, if they're not going to make the playoffs, they're done. If they're not playing for a certain seed, they're just kind of coasting and everything like that. So I, uh, I, I, I liked it. And I, I kind of hope they keep it. I mean, you know, it's just this little, little thing of, of, you know, a few games that it's like, okay, this is, this is something that can kind of get us ready for the, the, the playoff basketball that we're about to see. Yeah. I think it just adds a little, little excitement to um, it's a nice appetizer to the, the playoffs. Um, I, I think I'm up on, on over under here. Um, I have, the and, and it's not quite a lock, but it's close. I have the Toronto Raptors over 46 and a half. I I love this roster so much. They have so many guys that are six nine with a wingspan of like seven four. Um Siakam Ananobi. Scotty Barnes is ridiculously good at basketball. I think he's gonna be an all-star this year. Um, Gary Trent can shoot. I love Fred Van Bleet. Uh, Precious off the bench. They got Otto Porter, who fits that same mold. I just think defensively, it'd be a nightmare to play these guys healthy because their their switchability on defense. Um, I I'm, I'm waiting on the OG Ananobi true breakout season. Um, I think I think him as as center would be. I mean, on this team is could just open up so many avenues with with Siakam and Barnes. Um, so I I love the Raptors this year. 46 over 46 and a half. I love them as a bit of a dark horse to win um, the Atlantic division. Um, that's at plus 850 on FanDuel. You can actually find it at 13 to 1 on DraftKings, though. Um, so I kind of am all in on the Raptors this year. Um, so I love their over. I, I'm a big fan of that team this year, and I thought about too. I, I was thinking, and we'll, we'll probably talk about it later on down the road here on the show, but is is having them as yeah as either division champions or to win the East or even bet them as a NBA champion. Not that they may win that, but you got then you kind of create hedge opportunities for your betting that if they could make it that far, then you're kind of guaranteed either the big payout of them winning or you could end up betting the favorite. Uh, out of the East, you know, during the playoffs there. And then you've got that perfect opportunity where you make money regardless, but you're right. They, I think they're kind of built for, I think they're built for the playoffs and Nick nurse is still the coach, right? He's still, that was my other, and Nick I think Nick Nurse, Nurse is a top five coach, right? Top five easily. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like that bet. Was that, was so that was your near mortal lock here. It's, it was a new, it was a near lock, but not quite the more, the mortal lock. I'll, I'll, that'll be my last one. Oh, that's not even it. But I do I do love the Raptors this year. Uh, Colin, who do you got next? For over-unders? Yeah. Um, I, I really like the Pistons over 29 and a half. <laughs> okay. I, I, I think they've done a lot to this roster, and I think they've improved a lot. I think Cade's going to take, take a, a big step this year, and I, I really like adding Jaden Ivey. So I – I think they're going to compete in a lot of games. They might not necessarily win them all, but I think they'll be in position to win a lot of these games this year. And I think they'll sway over that 29 and a half this year. So 
I'm going to hope for that for them this year. And I, I think they'll be able to do it. Cause I, I really like the roster that they have right now. Scotty, I assume you're, you're in on that. Are you, you want me to, you want me to add my, I, yeah, I do like that bet. I do like it. I don't love it. It opened. So it opened two months ago, whenever it was at 26 and a half. And that was bet so hard that it's jumped up three games. And this team is probably going to win anywhere from 25 or 26 to 31, 32 games. I, I don't think they're quite ready to take the leap and win 42, you know, 41, 42 games, get to 500. But for the exact points that you made there, I, I think is right. I think, uh, I think Cade Cunningham is going to, take that next step. He showed a lot of uh, flashes after he recovered from injury last year was really putting up some, some crazy numbers. I mean, he was averaging like 19, it was like 19, seven and six or something like that as a rookie, which is, which is pretty remarkable. And is, as long as Jaden Ivey can adapt to the pro game, I, I, I like how this roster is constructed. Now, the thing is, is Troy Weaver who built, well, kind of tore down the, the the OKC Thunder and and built them for a while to acquire all those draft picks. He kind of built he kind of acquired a lot of good players in OKC, but they just kind of spun their wheels where they never could develop these guys. That's going to be the question is is turn these guys into NBA players. But I mean between between those two guys and you got Sadiq Bay who is uh, an all rookie. He's a great shooter, good defensive player. Um, you know, and they've got, they've got some guys on that roster that are, that are pretty fun to watch. And I'm actually looking forward to getting to watch them, um, all season long. So I don't mind that bet at all. I wish it was a couple wins lower. Cause like, I see like 20, 29 wins this year, 30 wins, maybe, you know, and, and that's where a couple calls, a couple, you know, uh, fouls guys falling out here and there might, might affect it. But I think they're going to be a fun team. And I saw that they're actually the most bet team to make the playoffs this year at plus 900 which is interesting i just i don't see any path to them doing that i don't think they're ready to take that big a step but i think people will enjoy watching them i hope they're on tv quite a bit because i think cunningham and ivy is going to just be a really fun backcourt to watch hopefully for the next you know five seven ten years it feels like a really fun league pass team for sure. And uh, did I see that that Cade's playing at like 245, 250? No, I don't know if he's quite that big. That's like where he wants to get because that's where Grant Hill's size was. He was like 6'8", 245, and that's where he wants. He did add 20 to 25 pounds of muscle, though. He's He is noticeably bigger this year and uh, still shooting the ball pretty good. So it's, it's going to be kind of interesting to see what his game is going to look like come, uh, you know, come a couple of weeks from now, but he's definitely bigger. 250 though. I don't know. You lose your quickness. though. I think, right. That's, that's kind of, well, that's my, that's my Anthony Davis take. And I'll talk about him later. Um, uh, yeah. Acquiring Marvin Bagley. That's, I, I don't know how, what that's going to do really, if, if, if anything, but uh, I, I do really like Sadiq Bay. I do think uh, Jay Nivey's game translates better to the NBA. Um, and I mean, he was a very good player in college, but his his game is was built for for the NBA. So I I, I love I love the the base of this team, and and yeah, I think maybe they're a year away, maybe a couple moves away as well. But it should be fun to watch. Um, Johnny, what's your next one? 
Next one, this one I don't love, but I, I'm, I'm big on this team is the Denver Nuggets. Their, their total is a little bit high at 51 and a half, but I think they're, I think they're good. And I'm, I'm banking on their guys to be healthy, you know, and that's going to be a big question is, is if, if Murray can come back healthy and, you know, if Jokic can be still the MVP, you know, play at the MVP level, but I kind of like their smaller acquisitions, um, you know, when they acquired like, uh, well, who was it uh, called what Contavious Caldwell Pope, Bruce Brown, um, you good, good role-playing guys, but the, any West team is really hard to play on their, their, uh, or play their over bets on the, on total wins. But that's a team that I actually think I'm going to place a bet to win, um, uh, the NBA championship for, and I could, I, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that they're going to get into that 55 win, you know, area there with, uh, with the hopes that teams like the Lakers or, you know, if the Clippers are resting guys, you know, where they can steal some of those wins there. Cause I think they're a pretty, I think they're a pretty complete team is, and that's what impresses me. This is the scene that was my mortal luck. The Denver Nuggets over 51 and a half. That was it. That's it. Uh, a lot of the reasons you already said. Um, I can't. They were the fourth ranked offense last year. That's without Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. Um, that's how good Jokic has played. Um, they've they've ha- they've exceeded this win total the last two years. Again, last year without their you know two of their three best guys. Um, there was a, a large part of last season where Bones Highland was making a huge, and, and by the way, good, good off the bench guy, but he, where he was like the second best player on that team. So they're getting Jamal Murray, who last time we saw him was just dominant in the bubble, um, putting up 50 point games. Michael Porter Jr. is such a skilled offensive player. Um, if he could just stay healthy, um, so yeah, there is a caveat with with these guys, but this could be a absolutely devastating offensive team uh, with those three. Um, I love the KCP uh, pickup. Bruce Brown is the perfect guy for this team because someone's got to play defense, so he's a perfect three and D guy. Um, I love those two acquisitions; they fit perfectly with the team. They're deep; they can shoot; they can score. Um, Aaron Aaron Gordon is a decent defensive presence, um, so. I, I like Mike Malone as a coach. I don't think he's like a top five coach, but I think he's pretty, you know, he's built something really solid there. So um, I absolutely love the Nuggets this year. That's, that's, that's sort of my Raptors of the West. Colin, are you in on this as well? You know, I had, I had them on my list, but I was a little scared of the 51 and a half just because I don't know how the, the injury situation is going to go. This team never seems to stay healthy. So they're obviously going to win the games. Jokic is going to going to perform like he usually does, and uh, as long as those two guys can stay healthy, I don't see a reason why they can't get over that fifty one and a half. Especially with those acquisitions of those two key guys that we that you guys uh, noted there. Yeah, so, so Colin's in on it. I don't think he's as excited about the, the Nuggets as as Johnny and I are, but uh, I think we can call that one a clean sweep on the over. Um, I have. And this is not a lock, but I have the Dallas Mavericks under 48 and a half wins. Um, I just don't know. Um, you know, all those teams we talked about in the West, 
there's obviously only a certain amount of wins to go around. Um, Jalen Brunson, I feel like that loss was a little bit more important than people uh, gave it credit for. Do I think Jalen Brunson is like a true game changer where maybe he deserved that contract with the Knicks? Probably not, but I do think he was pretty integral and fit the fit that he had built with Luca. I don't think Luca is necessarily the most easy guy to play with. He is amazingly good at basketball and he is going to, he could potentially average a triple double this year, like a 30, 10 and 10. It wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me. That's how good he is. But um, I just have a lot of question marks about the, the supporting cast of this team. Um, you know, is Spencer Dinwiddie, their second best players at Christian Wood. Um, I, I really don't know. Tim Hardaway comes back. That's, that's great. Um, but man, it's like you're relying a lot on Dorian Finney-Smith and, um, you know, guys like that. And I just, I just don't know. Um, now, Luca could just say, you know, I, I, I'm the best player in the world and, you know, we'll, we'll win 52 games easy. Uh, but I, I, feel, I feel a little bit better about, about the under 45, 46 wins for the Mavs is where I would go with that. Yeah, uh, I I don't know how I feel about that team either. I don't I don't I don't really think they did anything to help uh, center that team around Luca. I, I know Christian Wood is it's a decent pickup. I think he he does fit playing with Luca well, but I don't I don't think they really did enough to help Luca get over that fifty. You or you said forty six and a half, forty eight and a half, forty. Yeah, I think that's too high. I don't especially playing in the West. I don't think there's enough wins like you said to get over that number. What else you got, Colin? <laughs> um, uh, I have the Pacers under 23 and a half. So I, I don't think they'll be very good at all. And I, I think they'll be trading a uh, Heald and Turner eventually. Turner, so sure. I don't think, I don't think they'll have met very many guys other than Halliburton on their team to really even make a difference in um, them competing. So, I, I don't expect them to win very many games, and I think they'll kind of be in that sweepstakes too. So I don't think I don't think they'll come close to that twenty three and a half. I feel like that's safe. I mean, I, I think the guys, the only guys that really care about on that roster are are obviously Halliburton and and maybe Duarte. I I, I don't know. Um, and you can pretty much. I mean, I'm shocked Miles Turner's still on the team. I mean, I'm shocked he hasn't been traded like that. that he feels like a Laker at this point to me. Yeah. Um, 100%. Um, so, I, yeah, I, 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 I'm on board with that one as well. Johnny, what else? One more here. I've got uh, uh, Miami Heat. I think they're going to be under. I don't think they're going to win, uh, win as many games as they did last year. There were 53 wins last year. I think they're, what, 40... 49 and a half. Um, they're another year older and, you know, they really haven't, I mean, they haven't improved. Um, Kyle Lowry was, was just okay, you know, towards the end of the season there and the playoffs. And I know they're, they're so well coached with Eric Spolstra, but, uh, you know, you've got, you know, Victor Oladipo seen his better days. Jimmy Butler, you know, is, is starting on to, to hit that age where you just don't know if it's going to, take a downturn and he's going to have to have some, some games off and everything. And I just, 
Bam Adebayo is is a good player and and serves a good purpose there. But you know, I think there's some inconsistencies with the way uh, him playing every night. Uh, you know, they just gave that big, huge contract to uh, um, who was it, Tyler Harrell? Yeah, and got the bag. I, you know, yeah, he'll give you he'll give you maybe twenty five or thirty bucks or thirty a, a night. You know, some nights, but he's just one of those guys that you just can't trust his consistency either. And I just don't see in the Eastern Conference improving um, that them winning fifty games this year is is anything I feel comfortable about. Now, are they in that, you know, that four, five, six, seven seed? Absolutely. I still think they're they're a good basketball team. And like I said, they are well coached. But um, I, I do see some regression though. I just I, I don't feel I feel pretty comfortable about betting the under on that one and, and and them winning somewhere, you know, in that mid 40 range of games this year. I agree with you. I think of all the teams that were right there in the East last year, of course, they're one shot away from going to the finals. Um, they didn't really do that team any favors in the offseason. Lost P.J. Tucker. Um, there's yeah. another, another year older. Kyle Lowry is one of the five or six oldest guys in the league. I just heard that today. didn't really realize that. He had a ton of injuries last year. Yeah, he paid a lot of money to Hero. Um, I, I notoriously love Tyler Hero, but I, I don't know if he – is worth that. I'm sure Jordan Poole was happy to see Hero get paid because oh, his, yeah. his time's coming. Um, speaking of, of six men, but uh, I'm with you. I still think they win the Southeast Division. They're minus 150 to do that because there's just not, I mean, there's just not a challenger to me, but I, I think I, I'm with you on the under 49 and a half. Um, my last one, since we've already, you know, hit the Nuggets. Um, this one might surprise you guys. I have the Sacramento Kings going over 33 and a half wins. I like this team. I li- or I like the makeup of this team. I can't believe it, but I feel like I feel like maybe they're doing some things the right way. Um, Darren Fox, I think, has been saddled by a roster that hasn't really fit around him for since he's been there. But obviously the uh acquisition of Sabonis middle of last year, who's just one of the most skilled big guys in the league, can do so many things. Um, Davion Mitchell provides some some defensive intensity, some defensive stability that is needed. I I really like what he brings. And I I know the Keegan Murray pick in the draft kind of got kind of got blasted, but like he's been great in the preseason and we, you know, as big 10 guys, we, we saw him a lot at, at Iowa yeah. and he was, I mean, I'm, I want I couldn't believe how good he got at the start of last season, but he just continued to get better. And I mean, he is, he fits the mold of, of today's NBA player perfectly. Um, I, I really, I, I think, I think the rookie of the year race is him or, or Paulo. Murray's odds are better. I, I love him for rookie of the year. Um, so yeah, this this may be fool's gold and it's the Sacramento Kings, but for them to to win 34 games doesn't seem that much of a stretch. And I think they're going to be in the mix for the play-in. Colin, am I no, I'm looking at their oh sorry. What'd you say? I was just saying, I'm, just, say? I'm just gonna go real quick here. I'm looking at their team. They got they got a lot of scores. I mean, not guys who are going to put up a, a ton of points, but I mean, they got guys they can bring off the bench that could get you, 
you know, 10, 12 points and they could shoot the ball. I mean, that, this is a little bit better of a roster than I thought it was. Oh, and and they also got um, Harrison Barnes. He's just you know he's a solid pro. I forgot they they uh, they picked up Kevin Herter from the Hawks. Um, mm-hmm. You know, solid, just a solid presence. They have Baysmore. Um, who's the other guy I'm thinking of? Uh, big guy. Yeah, Malik Monk who can score. Malik he was Monk for the Lakers last year. Like, oh, Rashawn Holmes, just good player. Just Rashawn Holmes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this I feel like they got a lot of guys. I mean. You know, you have to wait and see if it all truly fits, but I feel like the the makeup is there for them to be in the play in. We'll see. Go Kings. Any other over unders either <laughs> one of you have that we haven't touched on? That was all mine. Johnny, you got any other ones? We're probably gonna talk we're probably gonna talk about the Lakers, but 44 and a half juice to the over. I think it the smart play is the under. Isn't I don't it? think. Absolutely. I mean, you're, you're going to get maybe what? 35 games of Anthony Davis. You know, I think they're going to start giving a little bit of load management to LeBron. I, I know he doesn't want to take days off, but you know, the last couple of years, he's kind of gotten banged up, but I mean, just like what they did last year when, when Davis was gone and then, then they'd have to have LeBron sit for, you know, a couple of days here and then you'd have Russ Westbrook running the, the show. And I know he's not going to be as bad and we don't know how Darvin Ham's going to be as, as head coach, but you know, that seems like, it seems like a pretty good bet at plus money to play under that. I know LeBron's good for a certain amount of wins, but you almost got to expect, I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to bet based on guys getting injured just like with the Nuggets, you know, we 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 don't want to bet that because we want to best bet based on potential. But the Lakers, part I mean, they're going to give you what they're going to give you, and you know, you're going to have Pat Beverly that's just gonna that's just gonna fuck shit up. I mean, he's just gonna dismantle <laughs> um, that team. I, it's funny, right? I, yeah, I I listen. I I want the Lakers to be relevant this year. It's just more fun. I, I want LeBron to do more than just win a bubble title um, in, in LA, but this, this roster is not good. It's not good. I mean, going back two years, I mean, just before the start of the 21 season, they, they made the mistake with, with the West Group deal. We knew it at the time. Everyone knew it, and, and it's really just bared out worse than you could ever imagine. He's the second highest paid player in the league this year is making $47 million. Um, and all you hear is how can they trade them? How, you know, they're going to have to package a couple first rounders just to sweeten the deal for something in return. Um, it's too bad because the, you know, the Caruso, Kuzma, KCP guys, those were good fits for that team. Won them a title. And I just can't understand why they did what they did. But um, it's funny. I was, you know, I was talking to my kid today about the NBA. We were talking about the Lakers, and this is like the second time I missed him. Shout out, Jackson. Um, I said, Who's, who do you think the third best player is on the Lakers? And he knows these rosters really well. And he's like, I guess. I guess it's Patrick Beverly. And I said, yeah, that's that's really bad. Or I said, or IU's own Thomas Bryant um, might be the third best player. Um, oh Kendrick, Kendrick Nunn. I mean, I it, this is this is one of the worst rosters outside of LeBron and AD, and if you want to say Westbrook, whatever. 
the 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 roster is just laughably. So I don't one of one of my one of my are we confident in questions is deals with the Lakers, so I want to save that part for later. Um, what else here? Um, MVP. Let's talk about MVP here. Um, and, and Johnny and I were kind of texting about this today. It's it's it really feels like, and it's kind of like kind of reminded me of when we talk about like who can win the Masters. There's like out of a field of like around eighty, we're like there's like there's like fifteen guys year to year that can win the Masters. But who can legitimately win the MVP? And to me, it's like. I think it's like six guys this year. Is is the pool that small, or do you think it's bigger, Colin? I have I have it narrowed down to four guys that I like, but I I could see it pushing up to six or so. But I, I don't think there's too many guys this year that really have a, a true shot at winning. But I could I could see up to six or seven. I'd say. All right. So so with that said, give. Give us your play. You said the four guys you like. Is it based off of just who you think is going to win, or, or based on the odds? Like you like certain certain value, or, or what is it? I didn't really look at odds. I just looked at who I personally thought yeah. was going to win. So my number one is Embiid. Uh, I think he's been so close these past few years, and I think he's going to. His team got even better this year, so I think his team's going to be good. First of all, so I think they're going to have a good shot of being one of the top seeds in the East. And I think he's going to put up numbers. He, he was a leading scorer in the league last year and he's going to, he's going to average 30 and 12 this year, maybe with good number of assists, good defense. So I, I think he's going to be up there Has a really good shot at winning. I think um, at two, I have Luca just because he's like you said earlier, he's going to probably put up 30 point triple double average that this year. Um, his team might not be the best. That's why I don't think he has as good of a shot at winning as Embiid does. But um, with the numbers he's going to put up, I think he obviously has a good shot at winning. Um, my third guy is Tatum. I think he's going to keep progressing. Um, he's going to become one of the one of the top scorers in the league this year. I think. I think he's going to lead that Celtics team um, back to one of the top two or three seeds in the East. And uh, he's he's going to be on a good team, averaging. Uh, good numbers, so I, I think he has a shot at winning his first MVP this year. Okay, I want to talk about Embiid. Um, <laughs> remember Johnny two years ago when we we got him at forty to one to win MVP? And yes, he, I re- I remember. Yeah, and it was yes, it was maybe the best bet ever made on this show that we talked about, and he was well on his way, and then he got injured, which is one of the concerns of betting Joel and, and being to win that award. I, I, I'm on board with you, Colin. I, I, we didn't really talk about the Sixers until now, but I think you could, you could feel pretty good about the Sixers over win total. I think you can feel pretty good about them uh, winning the East. I, I think their roster got better. They got uh, DeAndre Melton from the Grizz, who I think is going to be a really nice fit around these guys. Um, you know, there's the whole James Harden question. Um, you know, I, I always laugh. Like he, I think he, I saw in an interview that he mentioned how good a shape he was in. I'm like, I have a, I have a fucking problem when professional athletes talk about how good a shape they're in. That is your job. That's all you were expected to do is show up to camp in shape. 
And that's drove me crazy about Luca, to be honest with you, because like, well, Luca's got to play his way in his shape the first couple of weeks of the season. Like that shouldn't have to happen. Uh, maybe if that had that hasn't happened in the past, he would have already won an MVP. Um, I do love the Embiid play. I think I think the Sixers are going to start fast, and that makes his number right now as good as it, it could be for a while. Um, because if they start off, let's say fourteen and four over the first, you know, eighteen games, then that number is probably going to go down. He could become the favorite because of, you know, team success does matter with this award. Um, I did see in the 20 last 25 years, uh, the 23 winners have been part of a one seed or two seed. There's been two winners last year, one of them and, and Russ Westbrook in 2016 when um, they were part of a team that wasn't a top two seed. So something to consider there as well. If, if you say about betting this, um, Johnny, thoughts thoughts on that? Thoughts on I, I know I know you like Luca. I know you like Embiid. Um, thoughts on them or anyone else? Yeah, I you know, and that was the thing about Embiid. I mean, he was going to win that award. He was definitely the front runner. He was the favorite. Got hurt for two weeks and then fell out of it. And that's that's something you've got to look at. Um, I, I, I'm a big big Sixers fan this season. I, I like what they're going to do. And he and Embiid's the guy on that team, and, he, and that's the, you know, that that's going to be the thing. And you know, they might end up getting the one seed, you know, two seed, something like that, and that'll fit that criteria of, of uh, or that qualifier that you know, an MVP is going to win from that that top there. I, I am still a fan of of Luca winning it. You're right. That team is going to probably be six, seven seed, something like that. So he's going to have to definitely, uh, you know, fight fight those odds there. But he's just he's so good. He's just so much better than everybody. And I think just in the right situation, that guy is going to win. You know, you know, multiple MVPs. Just yeah. once they actually put him on a on a halfway decent team. Um, gonna. Uh, you got to kind of go chalky with these, unfortunately. Um, Giannis should win it every year. I mean, if you're talking most valuable, that guy is it. I mean, he is that guy. And I think he's only getting better, you know, being in his mid-20s. Um, you know, I think he he kind of – last year they were just on the, the championship hangover. So I think there was a lot of, uh, um, you know – there, there was a lot of games that were missed for for his teammates, and they just didn't didn't win as many games. But he was still just as dominant. He just you know they just yeah. didn't win because he didn't have the the contributions that he had before. So I, I like that number at, at I think he's what seven to one on Fanduel. I like that number more than than the Luca number just because I think uh, I think Milwaukee could easily be that one seed that uh, you know that, that's so coveted there. So you know him being the most valuable guy. The, the two that I'll move down the list a little bit, and I, I, I liked them last year, um, love them this year, is, is John Morant. Um, I think that team is pretty pretty stacked, though, so it's going to be hard for, for him to put the incredible numbers. I, I'm not saying he's going to see – we're going to see worse numbers, but yeah. I think they're going to win more games, but it's going to be because of how that roster is constructed. I mean, that, that's a, that, is a, that is a good basketball team. And, and, you know, I think he's going to have to put away uh, the personal accolades for the team. And I think he's the guy who does that. But uh, the, the one long shot that I've already bet on, I talked about earlier, um, is, is Zion. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think the league would love it. Would love it if that guy took the the award as the best player in basketball. I think the NBA would would just do anything that they can to do that. And if if we see uh, you know an above average season from from the Pelicans where they're up there, you know, competing for a a two or a three seat, something like that. Um, and it's because of Zion. I don't think the voters would hesitate voting for him. And he's right now, he started the, uh, started the, the ballot at, I think 40 to one, 50 to one, something like that. He's at 25 to one right now on FanDuel. I, I, you might be able to get him better somewhere, but, uh, um, I think that's just got good value to it. You know, it's just, you throw a little bit on there and, and you root for him to have a good season. If he does, his name's going to rocket up the odds. I would think. Yeah, I, I mean, when Zion's been on the court, he's been a complete game changer. He's uh, devastating. Um, can he stay healthy? Can he stay on the court? That's probably the big question for him this year. It feels like you know a couple of these guys have already talked about. That's the issue. Um, I don't really have much to add on on the guys you've already talked about. Giannis, I think he's the best player in the world. I think he is just unbelievable. Um, so yeah, you, you can't really go wrong with any of those top three, Jokic can't win because he can't win three in a row. Hasn't been done since Larry Bird. Um, so he won't win it. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't love Durant. Um, you know, Colin mentioned Tatum, you mentioned Morant or, um, John Morant. They're at 13 to one, um, reasonable longer plays there. My name is drawn to Kawhi at 27 to one on FanDuel. I don't know what it is on other books, but, um, Kawhi's never won an MVP, has he? From from my knowledge, no. Um, no, he is not. It's kind of his only thing left to do. I mean, we he's he's been, you know, one of the one of the best players uh, for I guess going back to 2012, um, especially that 2014 Finals when he, when he kind of made his uh, appearance with shutting down LeBron. 27 to one, and we haven't seen him in a while. So there is a lot of unknown there, but we know his potential. Is he going to be like peak Kawhi? And you know, just the, the way he the way he can take over a game is unlike anyone I've seen because it's almost like you're, you're watching him in slow motion, and you're like, this guy he just pulls up from 14 feet, but it's it's just it's so smooth and it's so hard to guard. So that's the number that was that was I was drawn to. I can't lie and 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 say that I didn't notice Anthony Davis at thirty six to one because the allure of Anthony Davis, but um, I, I, I want to touch on him in a second. Last guy, he won't win, but it's someone to monitor going forward, not for this year, but next two three years. Anthony Edwards sixty to one. Um, I think he's so good, and he's just scratching the surface of what he will be. Um, Minnesota is going to be fascinating to see this year with with the Go Bear acquisition, a team that made a huge leap last year. And uh, um, Edwards seems to be the alpha dog um, that everyone everyone wanted Carl Anthony Towns to be, but Edwards is that guy. Um, so that should be fun to watch him this year. Um, Rookie of the year, I mean, I, I, I know Paolo is the favorite. Jaden Ivey is, is at plus 460. Keegan Murray is at plus 460. I mentioned I like Murray as the bet there. Um, I don't know about you guys, if you like anyone else. Colin? 
Uh, I didn't really look too much into rookie of the year, but if I were to pick one, I think I'd also go with Keegan. I think he's going to have a, a pretty big role with that team, and I think that team's going to be fairly decent. So I, I, I do like him to win. I, I wouldn't mind looking at Jaden Ivey. I think his game does translate well to the NBA, like we said earlier. So I think he's going to be able to put up some numbers. And I don't think that Pistons team is going to be all too bad. So I think I think he might get some votes for rookie of the year as well. Right, Johnny, are you, are you in on that one or passing on rookie of the year? It, well, it would it would feel like it would be Murray, but the problem is is you tend to get buried in Sacramento. Um, I think that's the one the one NBA franchise that it's just hard to get that notoriety. Now, if he lets his play do the talking and and just plays, you know, I I think he's he's the guy who I feel comfortable at betting at that. I, I want to bet. Jaden Ivey, I'd love to because that's that's my guy now because he's on my team. But you know, I'm not sure if with the other guys, you know, with with Bay being a scorer, with Cunningham having the ball primarily, if if he's going to get all those opportunities and get up, you know, you know, 15, 18 shots a game to to put up those numbers there. So I'm not sure if if he's going to put up the personal numbers there. But at plus four sixty for both of them, I. I think those are kind of my top two. Um, Banchero, I, I think that number's too short. I, you know, I think it's just kind of because he's the no, number one pick there. But I think safe-wise, I think if you had a bet on either one of them, and it just, it, at this point, I, for me, it would be a coin flip. Any other award that you're interested in, Johnny? For for me, I, I, I mentioned Malcolm Brogdon for sixth man of the year. I, I love him at his number at plus 1,600. Um, because of how good the team will be and the the expected impact that he's going to make. I know he's behind Jordan Poole, Hero, Christian Wood in the odds, but I feel like for the value you're talking about, I think Brogdon's my guy there. Um, Anything you like for that award or the other two? Well, yeah, I I would agree with you there. The six man's going to be, yeah, you know, there's only going to be a few that's going to win that. I know know Poole's minus odds or something like that so you know whether that holds or 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 whatnot is that's kind of a tough bet for me because it's like why are they already putting them at minus odds but what uh most improved before i even looked at the awards i was like there's two guys that i like is is most it's the dumbest awards it's a it's a it's it's the dumbest award because yeah you don't know what what are they improving from um and i was thinking tyrese maxey I think he's going to take a, uh, take a huge leap here. I, I think he's going to go from that kind of that really good. I think he was a six man last year um, to, he's going to be a, a potential, uh, you know, all-star player here in the next couple of years or, or Zion, because, you know, he's improved from not, literally not playing. Would that be the better bet than betting him MVP? And, and looking at it though, I'm looking at the, the numbers or the, the names here and Anthony Edwards is on there as, as a list. So if we're going to consider those, those guys there, I went from thinking, I feel pretty good about those two names. And then you're throwing Anthony Edwards, RJ Barrett, Halliburton, J- Jalen Brunson. I mean, that's what I don't get, like, I don't know the qualifications for. Yeah, exactly. What, what is the word needs to go so, This, this word needs to be, it, it, it really does. It really does. I'll never talk about it ever again beyond the, the, the ending of this segment of the podcast there. Um, and then I, well, defensive player of the year is, is another hard one as well. I mean, yeah, you could go chalky and go, go bear, 
you know, who probably probably should win it. But, it, you know, Giannis is probably the best defender, but is he going to win the MVP? If he wins the MVP, is he going to win those? I'm not a big fan of anything but the MVP and um, rookie of the year because I think those are just based on current season, how good they are as a player. So I don't like the 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 other metrics because I think it goes because they're voted on, you know, by media and everything like that. It's really hard to judge how these guys are going to, you know, how, how these media members are going to vote for these guys for these certain awards. So I'm going to kind of stay away from the rest of them. Evan Mobley, defensive player of the year, 20 to one. That one stuck out to me. Um, uh, the, the most improved player is so dumb because John Morant won that last year. Right. I mean, when it was already clear that he was probably at a superstar level. So I, I really don't understand that. I did see James Wiseman, for most improved at 65 to one. Um, <laughs> um, and I also saw there was some, who was the, the oh, Jonathan Kaminga on the Warriors as well, who I like at 130 to one for most improved. Um, it probably won't win because it'll probably be Anthony Edwards. Apparently he's the, he's already the favorite and he's going to have a monster year. Um, okay. So been through over under some props. Um, I'm going to get to the, uh, the, the, are we confident segment? So three questions that we're all supposed to have. If we don't have three, that's okay. Um, ask the question and we'll get through this quickly about a, maybe a minute to talk about it, um, to answer those questions that the other person has. Colin, what's your first, are we confident in? Are we confident in Trey and DeJounte Murray coexisting? We kind of alluded to this earlier. I think Johnny is more confident in it than I am. Um, And maybe maybe it's my questions about Trey because I don't know what he can do off the ball because I've never seen him without the basketball in an Atlanta Hawks game. Um, I think – I. I was really confused a little bit by that trade because of guys that already have the same position. You're, you know, you're, you're trading for a superstar. And I think Murray is a superstar that plays the same position as your best player. Now, two point cards can, can clearly coexist, but I just, I don't know. I have some questions about Trey when, when he doesn't have the basketball. Um, that's my answer. What do you think, Colin? We're confident. I, I, I'm I kind of in the same boat as you. I haven't seen Trey kind of play in that off-ball guard role. And I think Trey and DeJounte are pretty much the same player. Trey's definitely a little better of a shooter, but they, they play that same brand of basketball. So I think it'll take a little bit of adjusting for them to coexist. I think they can do it. Um, I don't necessarily know if they will. It might take a little bit of getting used to the first – month or so of the of games playing but I, th- I think they'll eventually get there and i think it'll work out okay um i'll i'll go next and, and see if johnny had has come up with a question are we confident in anthony davis returning to his previous form mm. that's a tough one um personally i I don't know if he will ever get back to where he was that dominant player we once saw. I don't know if he'll ever get back to that. He's he hasn't played 
a, a, a true full season in a while. And he's always, he's always dealing with some sort of injury. Um, and when he has been playing, he hasn't been playing that same brand of basketball that we're used to. He hasn't been playing that dominant kind of post play basketball. So um, I don't know. I don't know if he'll get back to it on this current Lakers team. He's, he's the second guy. And um, I don't know if he really wants to play that physical basketball anymore. So, I personally don't think we will see it this year. Um, as for the future, possibly, but I don't. I don't think we will see it this year. What do you think, Johnny? We are not confident that Anthony Davis will ever return to that type of basketball player. I think he has he has reached a a level. I don't know if it's of comfort of confidence or lack of, of, of doubt. I don't know what it is, but he, I think exactly what Colin said is what made him unreal in new Orleans was he could play that game in the post and he could step out for three. He could take a big guy off, off the dribble and do anything pretty much on, on the basketball court. And I think he is now, turned himself into just a kind of a, a spot up three point shooter for the most part and has really limited the the type of type of game that he offers and now you question he's got the the one championship is he's got his contract is he going to be motivated at any point the rest of his career to be that great player cuz you'd think physically age wise he still has two to three more seasons of, of that elite level, but all these injuries, they're they're piling up. And, you know, and, and the question is what I always say is, is you're either hurt or you're injured. And is he really injured or is he just, did he just wake up and he's hurt, you know, where something, you know, he's aching and doesn't feel like he's, he's going to play. And I, I just think that the motivation to play on these teams Playing these championship teams is, is gone. I mean, it's just it's just not there anymore. Hopefully, a change of scenery, whether that's the post LeBron era or if he gets traded to a different team and, and is motivated in a certain way. But that's the scary part about these NBA players is once they reach a point of a mentality or whatever it is where they're just they're they're done. They're 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 done. And then you know you you can look at. Go to ESPN.com or whatever and look at any any team and it'll show their current year's salary and look at the big names that are making 15, 16, 17 million dollars a year that are like, I didn't even know this guy was still in the league because he only plays, you know, nine minutes a game or something like that. And I think sadly that's where he is trending. And if he doesn't figure out a way to motivate himself, uh, whether it's justifying the contract or justifying his ability to become an, a, a Hall of Fame basketball player. I think this is it for Anthony Davis for the most part. I mean, I think you'll, you know, he'll show up, but what you'll get out of him is, is not what, you know, not what you expect. I mean, that's kind of sad. I mean, uh, I mean, he's what, 29, I think 29 or 30. Um, One of the 75 best players uh, to have ever lived, according to that that all-star game thing last year. Um, Colin was right. I mean, 
staying on the floor, being on the floor is one thing, but when he's been on the floor, he's just, he wasn't, he was not good. He was the second worst jump shooter in the league last year. And I think that's part of the problem. He's settling for too many jump shots. Um, the guy that we saw in the bubble, um, being a defensive presence flying around. Um, he got a lot heavier last year. And that's kind of what I was talking. I was asking about with Cade. I was like, I don't, I don't know if getting heavy in basketball is all that it's cracked up to be. Um, you know, maybe LeBron's one of the, the exceptions, but I mean, he, his, his, his build and, you know, prior to 2021 was that of someone that was leaner and quick and seemed like he lost some of that quickness, started settling for jump shots. Um, yeah, I, I was like, maybe, maybe they should think about trading Davis. Um, interesting thought. Um, and funny you mentioned, Johnny, just about how guys just wake up one day and it's, you know, it's, it's gone. It, they're done. Um, I, I've been thinking that way about two guys in the NFL this year, uh, Russell Wilson and Matt Stafford. I'm like, yep. is it, are they, the, it, like quarterbacks? It's weird. Like they just, one year they win the Super Bowl and next year, like when they just literally can't play. Um, I, it, so it, it could be the case with Davis where injuries have caught up to him. He's already missed a couple of games in the preseason. Um, so I'm pretty worried about him. Um, Johnny, do you have a, are we confident in question yet? Are we confident that DeAndre Ayton will reach his potential as a top tier basketball player and not be a distraction um, now that he got his bag um, for the Phoenix Suns and, and be a contributing, a positive contributing member to that, uh, uh, to that roster? I'll, I'll answer this first. No, I am not confident in that. I've I've seen the quotes from him in the preseason. He hasn't talked to Monty Williams since last playoffs. Um, I don't trust his motivation. I don't trust him. I just don't trust him as a player. He's shown flashes. Um, I'm not. I'm not in on the DeAndre Aiden uh, experience, especially with him being paid 140 million dollar contract. So I am not confident. I'm with you there. I'm not confident at all. He hasn't really shown me much to make me confident in him, to be honest. He hasn't He hasn't really seemed like he wants to play basketball. He kind of just gives me that vibe. He hasn't, like you said, he hasn't talked to his coach since last last uh, basketball season, which is concerning. Um, he seems kind of like the guy that just wants his money and just, just to go up and show up and be there. He doesn't really seem like he wants to put in that work to really – become that next level player that he could be. So uh, I'm with you there, Phil. I'm not very confident in him either. Feels like a live golfer. Oh my God. <laughs> you had to, you had to get live in here somehow. <laughs> no, no, that's true. I mean, he's, you know, there's certain guys, there, there's only a select few, and this is not a good group to be in. I think there's a select few guys in the NBA or in, I guess professional sports that can be that way to their coach that can disrespect their coach and, and be just an okay teammate. And Deandre Iton's not, not one of them, especially to Monty Williams. I think that, I think he's a, that guy, that, like, Monty's a pretty stand up dude and, you know, they've got a good thing going. And I think the worst thing he did was match that offer from the Pacers there um, to, to, uh, you know, sign, him. I know the Pistons, they were they talked about that the Pistons were going to be 
big on, on Aiton. And I think he's one of those things that a change of scenery where you get him for a couple of years, he'd be, he'd be fine. But I think he's going to be just until they trade him in a year or two, he's going to be bad. Collins, next one. Are we confident in Zion Williamson staying healthy? Hmm. I'm going to say yes, because I, I, I'm all in on him, but I, I think a lot of it was, was the weight issue. And if he can continue to, you know, to, to keep the weight off, I, I have no reason to believe that, that he, he, you know, that he won't, you know, that he won't be healthy the whole season. I know that's a huge if, cause he's always been, a, you know, he was a big guy in high school. He was a big guy at Duke. He was a bigger guy at, in New Orleans, but you know, I'm, really big. I, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm hoping that cause he's coming up with uh, with that first big contract that he can sign is, is he getting himself into that right kind of shape where he can, you know, he could be, um, you know, play 70 games, 75 games this year. So I'm going to say I'm confident. I'm I'm not confident, but I'm I'm hopeful that this will this will turn around. I, I mean, if he can play 65 games this year, it's a huge success. Maybe 60 games, and then he plays 75 percent of the season, the regular season games, get that team in the playoffs. I'm hopeful for that. Yes, another guy can't stay can't can't stay at a playing weight, can't be in shape. These guys can't be crazy. Um, my next one. I'm shocked this hasn't come up yet. I'm shocked this hasn't come up yet. Are we confident in Draymond Green not ruining the, the Warriors' quest for back-to-back titles this year? I'm shocked this hasn't come up. Um, Draymond is so irrelevant, though. Go ahead, Colin. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I I don't really think it, it plays all that big of a factor in their success, so... I personally don't am pretty confident that they'll be fine. I, I think they'll be able to move past this. He, like Johnny just said, I think he's pretty irrelevant at this point. He has been a, a big he, part of their success in their. Is he what? Is he irrelevant? Like he was, he was really good in the finals last year. Like he was impactful the last three or four games when they turned that series around. I mean, if you want five, five, and five, sure. <laughs> That's that's about all he's good for nowadays, but he's never been exactly, a stats guy. He's never been a stats guy. Even when you know when he cost them a title in 2016, I mean, when he was really good, he was never a stats guy. It was all the stuff that he did that didn't show up in the score sheet. I hate saying that, but that's the way it is. Uh, I don't. I don't really think this whole incident matters. Like I've heard from many different NBA players that stuff like this happens all the time. I think this was amplified because the video no actually way. came out. No way, this that, happens all the time. That was that was like I, an attempted murder. It, it was bad. It was, but I don't know. We I don't know what Poole did or what he said, but it, it was obviously something to make Draymond pretty upset. But I I think they'll be able to move past it, and it, even if they can't, he's gonna give you five five and five like i said i don't really think it's all that pivotal of a thing and if not i think kaminga could come in and do exactly what Draymond does maybe better what? at this point in his career at this point what? in his career 20 year old jonathan kaminga is gonna come in and do what Draymond does okay at this point is what you're saying not 
peak Draymond. I think Kaminga could give you five, five, and five right now, easy. Yes. Wow, Johnny. I, I'm I'm not I'm not overly confident. I'm not super worried about what happened. But the issue to me is, yeah, that was a. I mean, that was a pretty bad punch that he threw and everything. But I mean, okay, so you saw the video. They're drawn back and forth. None of the Golden State Warriors players cared until a punch was thrown. So I think this goes on all the time. Now, he took it a little bit too far. The problem is with Draymond Green right now, and I don't know if it's a problem or whatever, but the thing with Draymond Green is he wants that max contract extension. He's been wanting that for two seasons now. You know, He's talking every offseason. It seems like he talks about going home and playing for, for Detroit because he's trying to put that leverage – you know, to get that, that max deal. And, and Jordan Poole is going to get that money that Draymond wants. So I think there is a little bit of that. Now they're going to have to figure out a way to play together. And, and you've got such a loud mouth in, in Draymond Green, who's such a huge presence in that locker room. Um, I, I think it could, could affect it as far as if this goes on during the season, but Green is not going to get that extension that he wants to get. And he's going to be, you know, a free agent next year. And and I think that a lot of what's direct what was directed at Jordan Poole was you're getting my money and and that's why they're they're drawn back and forth. Now can they replace him on the basketball court? Somewhat, yeah. He didn't put up much for stats, but the guy was a you know he's in a, you know a, excelled at defense or has and continues to. So will it? I don't think they're going to win the NBA championship. Um, first of all, you know, just to have to defend, but, uh, defend the title. But I think this is going to go a little bit further on and it's, we're not going to see it. It's going to happen behind closed doors, you know, in the locker room where, where this is going to mostly affect this team. I, I was, I was interested in salary stuff when uh, I was looking at this today, because I'm like, how much of that was driven by pool being in the last year of his rookie deal and, 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 and with, we mentioned the Tyler hero deal where he's probably got a 120 to $130 million deal on the table for next year. The Warriors cannot pay, you know, Curry and Thompson, they're under contract for a combined $94 million next year. Um, Andrew Wiggins is going to be a free agent. Pool is not yet, you know, signed. I saw Draymond as having a $27 million player option, but I know that he is, be working on renegotiating and yeah. to a bigger deal because new TV money's coming in, salary caps going up, the whole thing. Um, so yeah, they can't pay all these guys. I, I assume that they're not going to re-sign Wiggins, who was pretty integral to the championship run. Um, so that's kind of a, a that's kind of a separate story, but I think it's re- really relevant to what happened. Um, I my favorite part of this conversation is both of you were like, eh, it's you know, it was kind of bad, you know. I'm like, I'm like Jordan Poole looks like he got knocked out, and uh, now you guys sound like Steve Kerr, like, oh, we'll we'll get through this. Um, um, I I I don't think it's going to ruin their chances, but I do think it's worth monitoring through the season. Like, I, I mean, I think there's a chance that middle of the season Draymond's traded. I, I do think there's a chance. Um, we'll see how that plays out. Johnny, you got another one. I got one more since we're look. Looks like we're we're getting further on time here. Are we confident the Boston Celtics can reach the NBA Finals without Udoka as coach this year and going with uh, with one of their assistants? 
my short answer is yes, because I think the roster is that good and that balanced. And like I said, the Brogdon uh, addition was huge. Um, they have experience now. Tatum's a superstar. Brown is probably right there when he gets the chance. Um, I don't think there's going to be a huge fall off. That was one of my questions as well. And I, I'm in the same boat as Phil. Um, their roster is really good. I think they got even better from last year. And I think Tatum and Brown are, are one of the best duos in the NBA. So I don't think they'll have any issue of competing like they did last year. Okay. Yeah, I think I, I that's a clean sweep. I think so too. I think there's so many good assistant coaches in the NBA just as a whole that, you know, Ime Adoka is a, I, I think a, potentially to be a really, really good coach, but look at these guys that have come up the, you know, the, the channels here over the last, you know, 10 plus years from being assistants and just paying their dues. I think whomever, and I don't even know who's, who's taken over as the head coach for the season, but I, I think, uh, I think whoever it is, they're going to write the ship and, and yeah, you're right talent. And, and I think they, that seems like a team that has a clear goal to win the NBA championship. Um, you know, so I think they're going to be pretty motivated, uh, you know, despite not having Adoka as the coach this year. I guess I have the last question because it's been, uh, Collins third got duplicated. I think this is going to be an easy one. I'll, 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 maybe I'm wrong. Are we confident in the Phoenix Suns championship window continuing to be open this season? Collins? No, no, I, I, I think it's, I think it's getting very short here. I, I think the Western Conference is getting super competitive right now, right about now. And I, I think there's a little turmoil in that Suns locker room. So I'm not, I'm not super confident in them being able to uh, continually compete for a championship. So uh, I, I think they're going to need to, to do something in terms of adding to the roster this year to, to compete. Because I don't think right now they have uh, the players to really compete for a championship this year that they're kind of running it back. Like they had been the past two years. And I don't think it's enough. Yeah. I'm going to agree with you there. Um, I think they're going to still win quite a few games because I mean, just the regular season, they're, they're still pretty good, but I mean, Chris Paul, how many more years of just really good basketball is this guy going to play? And mm -hmm. he has, he's been great. I thought he was done when the Suns acquired him. I mean, you know, I think we had talked about that. You and I felt like it was like, we didn't have much confidence in him and he's been just as good as he was, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, when he, when he first, uh, first came out, but I think with the eight thing, and then, I mean, that performance that they had in the playoffs there, um, I think it was a game seven Booker just being, I mean, yeah, yeah. just, just hiding. I think, I think that's gonna, that's gonna stick. I think that memory there with those guys. And that was just, uh, just a, I don't want to say gutless, but that was just an embarrassing performance. And, uh, and I mean, just something that you, you can't just get, can't get whooped on your own floor like that. So I don't have any confidence in, in a playoff from wins. Yeah. I, I think they're going to get their, get their wins. They're going to make the playoffs, but beyond that, uh, I don't feel good about him. Yep. Uh, sweep that one as well. Um, I, I pretty much echo that. Yeah. Uh, locker room discord, Aiton, Jay Crowder's unhappy. Um, Chris Paul's 38. Um, 
you know, I like I like some of their their other role players, but I I just don't think it's quite enough. And, and it's weird with these championship windows that we talk about. Like, it felt like last year was was their real chance, and really the year before when they lost in the finals to the Bucks, where I think they were up two to one and really had a golden opportunity, and then these things slip away, and then they they really never get back. I kind of feel that way about the Miami Heat, too. You know. Uh, got to the the finals in the bubble. They're a shot away from the finals last year, and now I feel like their team went backwards in the offseason. I, I think both those teams potentially lost their window comparative to how much better the other teams got in each conference. So I'm with you guys on that one as well. Who wins the championship? Final question. Colin? I have the Sixers winning this year. I think I think they've uh, made some pretty big additions to their team. They're a super deep team. They have a lot of talent. I think Embiid's going to be one of the best players, if not the best player in the league this year. And uh, I, I have them beating the Nuggets in the finals. Wow. James Harden gets it done, gets his, gets his championship as the second best player on the team. Johnny? I've got Nuggets over Bucks in the finals. I think uh, I, I think Giannis is gonna. And we we really haven't talked much about it other than Giannis a little bit for MVP. But I, I think he may. He, you know, he alone is is elite and is gonna. T- they're gonna get through the East. And you know, we've talked about the Nuggets and and the, how all their pieces. I I'm hoping they stay healthy and. I think this is this is the year. This is this is gonna. I don't know the year, but you know, because they've never really. They've always been a kind of a first round flame out and everything. But you know, I think they got they got the right pieces to uh, to win some games, and uh, and uh, I think that's my that's my prediction. I, I'm with you on the Bucks side of it. I got the Bucks over the Warriors. The Warriors get back. Um, despite the the Draymond drama, whatever that that is going to hold, um, but I, I think I think Giannis is like I said, best player in the world. That's, that's his title right now. And um, I think if if Chris Middleton would have stayed healthy last year, I, I think they would have beat the Celtics. I think they would have won last year. Um, so this year, I will take the Bucks to win it all, and uh, Giannis will get a second championship. Boys. Uh, that was that was a lot to get through. Um, somewhere around ninety minutes, so it might have been one of the longer ones we've ever done on here. So appreciate your guys's energy and diligence to the cause. Appreciate you being on. Thank you, and that was fun. That was good. Good time. It was a good time. Thank you, Phil, for having me. Anytime, guys. Colin, come back and talk about something else other than the NBA. I'm glad to have you. <laughs> All right, check us out on uh, uh, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Get this podcast up. And, of course, check us out on YouTube. We'll have this video pod up in short order. Um, We'll be back next week with uh, something, talking about something. Not sure yet, but uh, we will catch you next time.